Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warren Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss these posts on Warren-USA and DanaGlennSmith.com. Struggle of generations in perilous times has relevance today. While you may believe these are the times of the end, there are those who disagree. The truth here is that it matters not that you agree. Showers of Blessings in Time Harvest Showers of Blessing This phrase is connected with the greatest end-time prophecies of all time. In the context of this is also a paramount warning to the shepherds today of the Lord's flock. Deceitfulness, discernment, and decision describe these lawless end of days in which we live. Reflecting, reflecting though, I can see John the Baptist dressed in camel's hair and broadcasting the words, Make straight paths for the Lord. And the following are the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Global War Gospel Missionary Living Loving Jesus at Warren Radio. Global War Gospel is real to those who pay attention to it. Overseas in many areas we find the war over the gospel is real and deadly. Pentecost's Fullness, classic at Warren Radio series. It is the fullness given by God since the giving of the Torah God has worked. Now with the arrival of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the congregation of believers, we find the plan of God's coverage in this festival of of Pentecost. Christian Standing Guard Spiritual Battle Christian Standing Guard reminds us that there is an entry into our arena of living, family, and way of life. Many nations have in the past fought wars, been invaded, and lost their very lives when the enemy entered into the camp. (laughs) And do not miss... Our latest Warren Radio episodes from the week of April 5th through April 7th. Christian Clarity, Martyrs for Jesus, Cost of Faith, Bloodshed, End of Days, Christian Persecution at Warren Radio. You Shall Break Forth, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 168 on Battle Lines. Sons of God, Throne of Iniquity, Part 8, on Sound of Shofar. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can buy your copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Ingram, Walmart, and the Rising eBook can be found on Google Play. 
You can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglennsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the Warren, the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to WARN Radio on the WIBR WARN Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Got blue sky today. Nice weather, sun shining today. Yeah. yeah it was great. And we've got the liberal state of D.C., the District of Columbia, which is not a state, but it's run by a bunch of politicians, a number of whom are corrupt to the core, and I'm glad that they are to the right of me, clear across uh, the other side of the divide. And then we've got on the left side, Newsom's California, which are crazier than all get out. And then we got to the north of us, Canada, whose prime minister is crazier than a loon. So, I don't know if we got anything south of us. We got the border. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got New York. Welcome to the new America. But in all of this, we look to the Lord. Yes, we do. For our peace of mind and, and the our th- hope. <clears throat> and the thing of it is, we are in Isaiah's prophetic book, which has... A lot of promises in it and uh, we are in Isaiah chapter 54 and we've been dealing with a lot of subjects but I'll tell you a lot of these subjects affect us today so away we go I guess okay and enlarge thy tent brings us to Isaiah's prophetic book, chapter 54. Isaiah describes in part 169 that they are to make room to receive the blessing of the Lord. Now forgiven and reunited with Jehovah, we find the phrase, Lord of hosts, used. They are not forsaken or a curse. Out of captivity, the blessing will be such that they must make ready. They are promised that this will not fail, nor be a cause of shame. The hand of the Lord has brought them out, and the blessing will overflow to their joy. For it is promised, Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, has done this, their God ever-present. And boy, do we need that hope today, Dana. Well, we do. And, And I will turn it over to you, and we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Well, the first three words of today's study, enlarge thy tent. Now, there have been many a pastor that took this whole thing to mean what it really does mean. You have to make room. And that's what Israel is told, to make room. And if you are a Christian pastor, and if you got to make room, you have to enlarge your tent to bring in more people who are going to be coming to the church. So when we talk about enlarge thy tent, this has a lot of prophetic uh, impetus to it. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that when we're talking about Israel, especially Judah here, you know, they're coming back from, you know, tremendous trouble. (laughs) and coming out of captivity. So uh, it might be kind of hard, 
to really consider enlarging your tent here when you just came out of captivity. It's new thinking. And so we have been going through a number of scriptures here. And uh, let me get up here. And in verse 1, we're still talking about some of that stuff. Sing, O barren, referring to Sarah, thou that did not bear, that was because of captivity, break forth into singing and cry aloud that thou didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. So when we go down here, now we're we're moving through a number of uh, subsequent scriptures that talk about things. Just a couple of them, then we'll be in verse 2. But Hosea 2.23, you are my people. You are my God. And you can find some of the same verbiage in Revelation. Verse 23 of Hosea, second chapter, I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I'll say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. And there's a lot to this little verse. But see, coming out of captivity, you know, and and the scripture makes use of the term, you know, father or husband. And with Israel, you know, they rejected the (coughs) Lord God. As the husband of Judah, which is a wife. These are terms used in a sense of relationship. But when they became put into uh, captivity, he was no longer the husband and she was no longer the wife. And that was when the Lord still monitored it but he was not in that covenant type relationship as a a husband to a wife because she had forsaken him and turned away from him seeking other uh, others to love so to speak and uh, so they went to other gods served other gods and turned their back on the Lord And this is exactly what America has done today. And we have essentially embraced the devil here in this country. And we have generations of kids. And they may not even know that they've embraced the devil and his ways, but they have. This is because deception is one of the biggest roles when we find nations having trouble. And Israel went through... Uh, this time of deception and they were led by the the political leaders and the religious establishment as well and you can find that through the life of Israel itself in judgment when they would follow if they had a good king they would follow what the good king did and the good king meant like Hezekiah you know he would call upon the Lord God Isaiah was around at the time so you you can see a lot of this stuff here And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Now see, when Israel was in, or Judah was in captivity in Babylon, you know, their mercy is judgment. God could have destroyed them, but instead they are in captivity. Because he's going to bring them out. But the time isn't yet. And so she's in judgment. And she had not obtained mercy. Uh, in, in, in the respect that they're still in that dis, you know, uh, disjointed relationship with the Lord. And, uh, 
yet you'll still find some of them that went into captivity like Daniel they still sought the Lord uh, so it's not like they didn't do anything and they forgot everything they didn't forget everything many of them knew why they went into captivity and so they still had to endure the captivity once they started going through it and he, but he says I will say to them that were not my people during this time of captivity they weren't his people but, there, but he says, thou art my people, and they shall say, thou art my God. That's the restoration. And whenever you find judgment, and I say this all the time, because going through Isaiah, as long as we have, we have found that in God's judgments against Israel and against uh, um, Judah, that in these judgments they're redemptive they're meant to bring the people back to him and uh, there's also another group that when we look at this we think of the Gentiles they definitely were not you know God's people as we think of it the Gentiles were out serving all kinds of other gods and they did not know the Lord and it wasn't until the Lord came and when even when he was he had said that he was sent to the lost tribes of the children of Israel yet he had always intended to go first to the to the Jews second to the Gentiles and he even approached Gentiles the woman at the well she wasn't exactly a Gentile, but she wasn't, you know, a Jew, per se. Not like the real Jews. They, they despised the Samaritans. As the woman at the well said, what are you doing asking me for water, she says to the Lord. And then he says, if you would have asked me for water, I would have given you living water and eternal life. Well, see... That's why he went there. That's the opening of the door. But see, this is these things, when we look at these uh, prophecies and a lot of these things connected into Isaiah, we can translate these. We can move these right into promises to the Gentiles and the nations of Gentiles. You know, because there is a call from God today to all nations, Jew or Gentile, to repent and come unto him. And this is made possible through the Lord, Yahshua, Jesus Christ who had died on the cross and uh, <clears throat> was resurrected from the dead and seen alive by many infallible proofs and then he ascended to heaven as the apostles watched and the angels said this same Jesus as you have seen him go shall so come in like, in like manner he's going to come in the clouds he left in the clouds he's going to come back in the clouds and so when you see some guy running around that looks Jewish or looks uh, from the tribe of Ishmael or looks connected to Abraham through Isaac, then, uh, you know, the part of him being born of a woman and uh, coming back again, you know, all that's already been fulfilled through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. If he, you know, when he comes again, he's, he's going to be coming in the clouds of heaven. He's going to be coming with his army, the angelic host, and the saints. So make no, no mistake here. You know, we, we are looking at a lot of good prophecy here as we go through this. And then the last scripture connected, you know, with kind of the opening of the show in verse 1 is... First uh, Peter 2 9 and 10 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy but now obtained mercy now see Peter uses the very same verse that I gave you in Hosea 2 23 and so these are true this is what we when we look at prophecy and we see it uh, Israel and how things affect them I mean there is no mistake at all here you can go through all the things that both tribes of Israel I mean both houses of Israel went through 
and you can find the Gentiles in their up and down relationships with their own fake gods. I mean, the bottom line of it is, is that there's only one Savior, only one God and Father. There's only one way to get to him, and that is through Yahshua today. And Yahshua is not going to come and be born of a woman again and live and come out of the nations. The Antichrist will, the beast will. He'll come out of there, and he'll pretend to be the Messiah. And uh, you can read more about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul describes these things. But the bottom line of it is, we are a chosen generation today, just as much as, as the Jews are. And, uh, you know, there is no doubt through Yahshua today that the thing has changed. It's not Jews only. It's not the Hebrews only, but it's all nations are coming to him. And in Revelation, we find the nations of, of them that are saved will walk in the streets of glory. The nations, plural, of, of those who are saved. God isn't out after just the Gentiles. He's not saving just black men or, uh, you know, or white men. He's saving all people who call upon him. And that's it. And that's the way it is. Now the devil, on the other hand, he promises a lot of things, but he is a liar and a thief, and he brings darkness and agony. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But first he'll use light, for he can appear as an angel of light. He brings promises, but he can't give you anything above that which is found in the world. He can give you riches. He can give you big homes. He can give you all kinds of things here. But when you die, you will die permanently both your body and your soul. You will suffer two deaths, one of the body and the other of the soul. Period. There is only one power above all things. God the Father has given Yahshua full power. And in, Reve and in Revelation chapter 1, he calls himself the Almighty. So make no mistake who we're talking about here. Make no mistake about when we're talking about a people of God. Make no mistake about what is going on here. Even in the time of Isaiah when he was speaking this. Now the people would have taken this. You know God is bringing them back. And that is true. But that is a foreshadow of what God is doing. He is going to have a people. And so you can find in the Old Testament him saying that. You can see it in the New Testament the apostles saying that. Because God is not a God of just one or two. He's not a God of just I am only. But he is Jehovah Jireh. He's many things. All in one is Jesus. When we look at him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lamb of God. He is everything. He is the Redeemer. And he is above this. Above everything. He cannot be tempted. There's no way the devil could have taken him on. The devil wouldn't even have known who he really was or what it really meant there's no doubt he knew he was God's chosen one but he didn't realize the power because the devil had been in heaven the devil had been there preferred we can read about his history and his fall it's all in the book and yet people today want to serve him want to separate him from who he is he is the cursed one he is the one that's going to lead as many to hell as he wants to so make no mistake when we go through Isaiah the children of Israel they followed false gods they followed a false way even when they had a history of knowing the true and the living God they still did this but God still loved them and he brought them back and in the same token with the Gentiles, they did not know all the promises. They were foreigners. They did not know. They weren't a people of God. They had no clue. But now they do. So now we get in Isaiah 54 too. Now this, this is where the command comes. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation, spare not. Lengthen the cords, strengthen the states. Now, stakes. Today, in America, if God was to tell you to do that, he would say, build your sanctuary bigger. Do not hold back. Build it as big as you can make it. Stretch forth 
all what you have inside. Prepare. Make sure that everything is secure and ready because I am going to do a new thing. I am going to fill this place to overfilling. And one of the things that this shows, one of the things that this reveals is like Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. There is a place that which they are enlarging to make room for the multitudes of Gentiles and the Hebrews that are coming in. And we are all one people through Christ Jesus. Male, female will be all one in Christ. Heaven has enlarged. Even hell has enlarged. It tells you in scripture it's enlarged. Because God has given man a choice. And all, including the devil, made their choices. And there's one place for the righteous and one place for the wicked. Whether you like it or not. Whether you think that all men are all whites or all blacks are going to hell. It's those who are found in Christ Jesus. Those who are found in the Lord. Those who are found who died on the cross of Calvary for you. But this thing here is very, very important because the Jews had just come out of judgment. These were prisoners. These people had been abused. Babylon even treated them terrible. Man, one of the reasons that God judged Babylon was because they abused his people. So the command to enlarge the tent, lengthen the cord, strengthen stakes, and stretch the curtains of your habitations. This expansion of the once forsaken Judah will be blessed as they're restored to Judah. They're going to be blessed as a nation, as a people. Remember Pharaoh of Egypt? The thing that bothered him, the one that replaced the original Pharaoh, he was afraid of the Jews because there were so many of them. They were multiplying so fast, even in captivity. You know, Egypt first was a place of deliverance. Then it became a place of captivity and bondage. And it was in this whole scenario that that little tribe, there was, you know, I think it was less than a hundred uh, when... Uh, they went into Egypt and they found uh, you know the Pharaoh they found Joseph it was a time of protection but it became a place of captivity but even in captivity they multiplied they didn't die there they actually multiplied And what this tells me is that even in captivity, even in trouble, God can multiply you. How's that work? Well, it's God. He can do anything. But see, now, they're not like the Jews in Egypt who are in captivity. They're not even like the tribe of Judah who was in captivity previously. They are a new tribe. They are to lengthen. They're to expand. Blessings are coming. God says it's over. I have forgiven you. I have brought you back. And it is your land. I have given to you from the beginning. It goes back to Abraham, my friend. And you are his chosen. And I will bring you back. And I will bless you. Now you see Israel's in the land today. And this was back in 1948. I I forgot. I think it was their 70 some plus uh, years now. And they're going to have a celebration. Maybe they already did. But you know this is not the same thing now. On social media not too long ago I talked about a guy who was. Um, he's from the tribe of Ishmael. And uh, he was making a comment on a post, and I commented, and we got to talk about a few things. And uh, you can tell that he wasn't very happy with the Jews in the land. Matter of fact, he told me that they are not real Jews. And so what is he? He's not a real Jew either. <laughs> but he didn't tell you that. But he also admitted to a few things that revealed he was from the line of Ishmael. Ishmael is not the promised line. But you see, through Christ, which is the promised line, 
You can be adopted right into this family. See? Because in, in the earth, maybe you were born from German parents or Italian parents or Japanese parents. And maybe they didn't serve God or maybe they did have their own God. But you see today, all people, all tribes, all men, all colors, all women. Now we might have a little confusion with all this transgender because people don't even know what they are anymore and they're trying to change their gender. So if you turn around and you, and you look, you know, we need to get our heads out of our nether regions and we need to wake up. Because all these are familiar spirits that it's a spirit of filth that's sweeping this land. A spirit of confusion. Because sin brings confusion. This is judgment as well. And I can guarantee you all this promises of changing your sex is not going to go well. I can guarantee it. You can convince yourself and you can get rich. You can become famous as a transgender. But it ain't going to solve the problem. Because deep inside you, God made you one way. And all the little pills that man can throw in you is not going to change that. Your problem is not your gender. Your problem is sin and pride. But thank God for you. Thank God for his mercy. Because he forgave Israel. Now he's enlarging their tent. He's going to bless them. And they're going to grow. So in a short time, Babylon's going to look and Israel's all of a sudden restored and big and blessed. Well, Babylon is suffering and was overthrown. And the, and the very country that overthrew Judah is next to nothing now. And if you think that God can't reduce America to a nothing, you're nuts. And if you think God can't forgive this country and put a big revival here and wake us up and redeem us and enlarge our tents, you're also nuts. But the problem of it is, it all depends on man's choice. And many times their pride and their own ideas, their plots of men, take the entire world in a place it shouldn't go. So Jeremiah 10, 18 through 21. These are just a few verses, but this is, um, this is the original judgment found in Jeremiah. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once, and will distress them, that they may find it so. Woe is me for my hurt, my wound is grievous, but I said truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled, all my cords are broken, my children are gone forth of me, and they are not. There is none to stretch forth my tent any more, and to set up my curtains. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. Now we're not talking about sheep here. We're not talking about animals. We're talking about those who would listen to the pastors. So speaking to Judah, he would sling them out of the land and was going to distress them so that they would find it so. And he does that on a reason, on a purpose because sin hurts. Righteousness heals. Now, yeah, you can die as a martyr. But you're in glory with the Lord. 
See, Judah's wound was grievous. But see, there's a relationship there. This is a grief. This is trouble. This is bad. But I must bear it. What's the other choice? Killing yourself. What are you going to do? Because that, that's against the law. You're not going to do that. You must bear it. The tabernacle that you took so much pride in is destroyed. And everything that you did to lengthen and, and, and improve the tabernacle and even your own life is gone. The children are gone. They're not because many of those children grew up and many of those children were adults at the time of the judgment. But even if they're adults, parents always see them as children. These are the ones, the young lions who are laying in the streets of Jerusalem because they're trying to fight God who's bringing judgment. And God is sending judgment for a reason. It's redemptive because on the path they're going now, they will never get his blessing and never enter into heaven. Period. So although this is a small hurt, and I'm speaking to America today, you are unclean. You need to repent. You say things that are bad, you accept them as good, and the good things you condemn. You say that America will never be spoiled, that your way is the best, but you will find nothing but sorrow and heartache. Your end goes down into darkness and never comes back. For those who repent, they will enter into the light with the Lord who is the light of all, the light of the world. You need to learn and get rid of your pride. And by the time Judah comes back from this Babylon experience, they learn from their pride. And they did return. And while it wasn't easy, they were returned to the land. They got a tabernacle back. They got Jerusalem back. But by the time the Lord came again, and we read his, his whole example of what went on there in the Gospels, they plotted to kill him. And yet in their murder of the Lord, the shedding of his blood actually brought redemption for us, even for the Jews, for all tribes and nations. And the ones who were supposed to be leading them, the ones who were supposed to be telling them what is righteous and what is not, they didn't even seek the Lord. They were brutish, they didn't care. Now, if we go to Isaiah 49, 19 through 22. Now, these are supporting scriptures from the main part. And I do this for a reason to expand our thought on this and understand how it was. The curse of judgment and the blessing of restoration. Now, let's look at this. Now, remember, when we get back to the original scripture, Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not. This is the blessing. Okay? The one in Jeremiah 10 through 18 was about the judgment and a little bit of what went on. Now in verse 19 of Isaiah 49. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. Okay, first verse, right away. Waste and desolate places, that's because of the judgment. And the land of thy destruction, that was Judah. 
but it says shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants what do you mean we've been sent into judgment we have been reduced there's none left what do you mean it's going to be too narrow well the verse we read said to enlarge the tent God is going to restore them to multiply them and bless the land you want America healed you need to repent it's as simple as that right repent all over the White House sling the inhabitants of the White House out or tell them to repent but see we're America we're free so we're free to serve the devil we're free to take this country where to talk about putting live babies and slaughter them to Satan would never have occurred except in dark places and if people found them they would have burned them at the stake. Make no mistake if you do not know how far America has fallen then you are truly blinded. So the very places, the land of the destruction is now going to be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. There's going to be too many. Who would want to come back to a, a waste of a place and a desolate? Nobody would want to come back to that. Not even Judah would want to come back. But they're going to come back. And they're going to multiply. But see, America is not Judah. But see, we're also not in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. This is where you can repent. And you can turn from your wicked ways and God can heal the land. You don't have to die. You don't have to be stubborn. You don't have to listen to those who are wicked and are liars. We're covered with people like that. And the biggest thing you do wrong is get on that social media all the time. Now I'm on it all the time. Why? Because people like you were on it. People like you who never see the word of God. And I put scripture on there. And I lead you to my shows. Why? Because it contains the word of God. It has the truth. It tells you how to be free. I've been doing this for 25 years with someone along my side. And that's been Tower. And we're not doing this for the money. We're not doing it because we want to be on social media. I personally hate social media. But that's where you're at. So I write the articles and I do the shows with Tower. And we do it to get the word of God out. So you will listen. So you will understand. So the word of God gets planted within you. And all you can do is cry and wail because of Biden. I know he's a pain in the butt but like I read earlier this is a grief you must endure what else are you going to do are you big enough to challenge the God of the universe do you think the devil can come in here and make everything right make you perfect <laughs> yeah that's a good one to swallow and the children which thou shalt have we're continuing now after thou hast lost the other, shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. There's not enough room. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who has begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro? Who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring their sons in their arms, and their, thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. They're going to bless them. It will be inhabited. Now in Isaiah 33 and verse 20, Look unto Zion, the city of our solemnities, 
That's where you did all your worship. You did everything. That's where your hope was. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed. Neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. Now there is a couple things here. Number one, the heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Zion. It will ascend. Jerusalem will be healed forever. But it will only be for the righteous. But see, the promises of restoration are only good as long as Israel doesn't fall back into their sins. Now you see, in Christianity, we have a lot of different teachings. But you must walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1. You must be born again of the Spirit. First John. I mean John chapter 3. You see, Scripture is what we need to use as the light to guide our path. You need to walk in the faith of Jesus. Now see, Isaiah 53 says this, For thou shalt break forth on the right and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Why? Well, for one thing, through Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, they're coming to the Lord God through Jesus, Yahshua, the seed of David, the promise. And there's a blessing they will break forth, they will burst out, they will spread forth, they will settle down. Now Israel's had trouble. And the, you know, we entering into the end of days, they're going to continue to have trouble. Because their fullness, the complete fullness, is not yet. You see, these scriptures talk about a fullness and a restoration which when the Judah came back from captivity God blessed them and they rebuilt the place the tabernacle wasn't like the first tabernacle they complained about that but God told them don't despise the day of first things or small things you know this was the day of their restoration. And the temple wasn't as big and glorious as the first one. You see today, even as Christians, you're in the world and you're going to have tribulation. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is the spirit of God that is within the believers. And this is uh, something you have to endure. You have to run the race. You have to go through. If you want to be in that place of everlasting bliss and forgiveness in heaven, you've got to follow the Lord and take up your cross and follow him. It's not eternal bliss here. Yes, Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. But our goal is not to become billionaires. And our goal is not to become a pauper. Because neither being poor or a billionaire is honorable to God. 
because even the poor can be sinners. There's only one, and that is to be born again and know the Lord and walk in Him. So their seed shall inherit the, the Gentiles, and the Gentiles make up the nations of men. The desolate cities will be inhabited, and of course after judgment like this, in other words, they're going to be settled. By who? People that come in. Now Kyle and Delich who are Hebrews theologians say this about this verse thus will the promise be fulfilled that the meek shall inherit the earth a promise not confined to the preacher on the mount but it's found in Psalm 37 9 through 11 Isaiah 60 21 and Isaiah 65 9 and uttered by their own prophet <coughs> Isaiah spoke of it. So, the meek shall inherit the earth. A lot of Christians know that. There's a lot of stuff that we believe as Christians that are actually found in the Bible in, in the Old Testament. Some of our favorite stuff concerning the Messiah is found in Isaiah 53. We just went through it. That was given to us by a Hebrew prophet many, many, many years before Yahshua came. And it describes to the detail what was going to happen. And what did Jesus say when he is weeping over Jerusalem? O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets, how would I have gathered as a mother hen her chicks, but you would have none of it. So now thy house is left to you desolate. And another judgment came. It came right to the streets of Jerusalem by the armies of Titus from the Romans. Josephus estimated that there was a million killed in that. And so they lost their temple again. And they still don't have the temple back. But we have promises where we look at. And Ezekiel talks about it. That there's going to be another temple. And that's in our day. And that's what Israel's trying to do. And they want to sacrifice animals like they used to do. There's a portion of Israel that wants to get back to where they were. And they're still blinded as to the Messiah. But God will awaken Israel. So all of this stuff illustrates to you the listener that God does indeed, whether you like it or not, control the nations of men. And he issues forth judgment and they can be a judgment of blessing or a judgment That's harsh. Now in Psalm 37, 9 through 11, that's another one where you say, The meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's verse 11. But in Psalm 37, if you go a couple of verses before that, this is the context. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. 
In other words, while the wicked are here, they're in power and they're wicked and they cause trouble. But one day, they're not going to be there. But the righteous did, will, because they will inherit the earth. The wicked won't. In Isaiah 44, 24 through 28. Now, in this whole thing, you get down to the end of that, and it says, That saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built unto the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Cyrus was the anointed of God who destroyed Babylon and gave an order to the Jews to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and rebuild Jerusalem. And that's what this section deals with. The Jews didn't do it. God did it. Because God was full of mercy. Judgment is redemptive. Only humans who think they're smart misinterpret these things. Isaiah 65 verse 9 And I'll bring forth the seed out of Jacob and out of Judah and inherit her my mountains and my elect shall inherit it and my servants shall dwell there. Period. My elect. Those who please me. Paul writes in Romans chapter uh, Romans 11 which is a great chapter. Verse 5, just to give you a little bit of it. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. These are the Jews. There's a remnant. There's going to be a remnant of those out of all the tribes who will find grace and be redeemed. And he goes on to say, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. That's the law. Otherwise, grace is of no more grace. But if be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. It's grace. Even the Muslims have law to be justified with. That's not going to get them into heaven. There is only through the Messiah, Yahshua. In Romans 11, it also talks about salvation coming to the Gentiles. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Speaking of Israel. God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them, the Jews, to jealousy. So they'll come to the Lord. God has got it figured out, whether you like it or not. Father, thank you for your word. Bless your word to the hearts of those that hear it whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower, we got a little bit. Of time. Okay, well, it's always good after going through judgment to know there is hope. And that hope is in the Lord. Well, we're glad you joined us. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us whenever you do. We love you, and we always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. We pray for you, and may God richly bless you for all you do for him, and we thank you for that. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Till next time, shalom, everybody.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.